Welcome to the podcast of the universe. Warning. Steve is on his bullshit again. Let's start the show. We are back. This intro is Hollow Earth by the artist God Fieri. So Hats is back from his boring vacation. And if he tries to show you any pictures, get out of there. I'm Steve, your host of the podcast, The Universe, and on Instagram, I am at thisispotu. That's at T-H-I-S-I-S-P-O-T-U. I recently had a question answered on Monday Morning Combat, and it was pronounced as this is pot you. So maybe I failed at a catchy and straightforward handle. Anyway, as almost always, I'm joined by my awkward producer, Hans, who does have an Instagram account. But really, it's garbage, so why bother mentioning it? A couple updates from the last show where we tried to make a tulpa. It hasn't worked yet, so I guess I'm blaming all of you on your lack of concentrating on it into existence. I did make a Kijiji ad for it. I made a burner account for Kijiji. Uh, anyway, the ad was Underwater Lights in St. John Harbor, question mark. And I put the location as Long Wharf. I said, anyone see the weird underwater lights in the harbor this month? Like a purple and green, maybe? Kind of slow, around 15 feet in size? Maybe a small scientific sub or something? Question mark. So I had 220 views and only one response. And the response was, was someone from the media asking me to contact them and share what I saw. So I didn't want to troll the media. So... And it's, I didn't want to do that to, to someone just, you know, writing a story, trying to do their job. But I also didn't say, hey, just a silly idea for my podcast. So I didn't do that either. So maybe the legend will grow. So since that didn't gain traction, I went to Craigslist. I posted a similar ad in their community section. I went to check on it a day or two later, and it was flagged for removal. Of all the things... That you can do on Craigslist. I was pretty shocked that my post was removed. Now, <clears throat> this episode took a little while to get together, but we're here, so let's get started. So let's go back 1997 or 1998. I was in high school and I discovered a wonderful website. That website was ourhollowearth.com. It was a very simple site. All sites were simple back then. But it claimed to have the truth. And the truth was, our Earth is hollow. I didn't believe it, but as I am now, I also was then fascinated by outlandish beliefs that others have and ones that went into the amount of detail that they did. So there used to be a section where you could sign up for a voyage to the North Pole, and it was like 20000 a person. They promised you'd see all kinds of wonderful things and dinosaur fossils and the opening to our magnificent hollow earth. I messaged them many times with lies that I was a businessman, definitely with the means to pay for such a trip, and that I would get other important people behind me. I even tried asking them questions, trying to get a reply or get them to engage. But they didn't, and to be honest, most of my unsolicited messages and emails to this day were also ignored. So, back to the website. We'll get into the meat of it. Their welcome page reads, World Top Secret. Our Earth is hollow. Could the Earth, Moon, planets, and stars be hollow bodies? Amazingly, the answer is yes, and very likely inhabited within. What is our hollow Earth like? It is a terrestrial paradise where the original Garden of Eden is located today where the lost tribes of Israel live, where the political kingdom of God is located, where the lost Viking colonies of Greenland migrated to, where vanquished Germans escaped to after World War II, where flying saucers come from, and where people live to be hundreds of years old in perfect health. It's where peace and prosperity exist for everyone, and where heaven is located. And that's in the inner sun in our hollow earth. Just to stop here for a minute, I want to point out that they're saying that after World War II, 
Nazis found refuge in the hollow earth, <clears throat> where heaven is, the lost tribes of Israel, and the political kingdom of God are located. I'm not a religious man, but if I were to believe in heaven, I would like it not to harbor, you know, war criminals responsible for genocide. I can't stop and nitpick all of the dubious claims, but this one sounded pretty fucked up. I'll also add that Rodney Clough, the man behind the site, claims that the knowledge of a hollow earth and it being inhabited is being held from the people by an international banking conspiracy, which is an unfortunate and common dog whistle in conspiracy theories. He did give a hilarious quote to the Sun online, though. He told them, I don't know how flat earthers can be so confused. They are obviously wrong. The world is not flat. It's hollow. They reject all the evidence. So how was it discovered that the earth was hollow? Well, people went there. How else, you dingus? Let me tell you about some of those brave souls. Olaf Jansen and his father, Jens Jansen, were Norwegian fishermen who accidentally discovered the North Polar opening in 1829. It was during a search for their ancestors, the Chosen Ones. They totally lived there for two years with the giant people there. That's right, giants live in the hollow earth. Olaf then returned to Sweden by way of the South Polar opening after being rescued by a Scotland whaleboat from an iceberg. His father was killed when their fishing boat was struck and sunk by the iceberg in Antarctica. After arriving back home in Sweden from his totally real time spent inside the earth, he learned that his mother had died and his uncle helped him put his family's inheritance into his name. Now he told his uncle, Gustav Osterlund, about his totally real voyage into the hollow earth and tried to convince him to go with him on another voyage. His uncle had Olaf divulge all he had discovered about the hollow earth to the government authorities of Sweden. After he told him this, Again, totally legitimate adventure. They had him sign some papers, which his uncle insisted that he sign. After he signed the paperwork, Olaf was thrown into an insane asylum for 28 years until his uncle died. To make matters worse, his uncle also managed to obtain all of his inheritance. I'm guessing Olaf didn't read what he was signing. Also, was there a clause that he had to be in the asylum until his uncle died? For this episode, I'm not looking up information for things like I normally would. I'm not going to try to find out if Olaf was even a real person. Because if I start pulling strings on this topic, there won't be much left. Anyway, back to the story. Olaf later immigrated to the United States and died in Los Angeles in 1908. Shortly before his death, Olaf Jansen requested that his author friend, <clears throat> Willis George Emerson, publish his book, The Smoky God referring to the inner sun which appears smoky at night and of course is the throne of God of the inner earth people. They told Olaf that it was Jehovah. Another dude named William Morgan was sent to the hollow earth by the Freemasons with an inner earth guide through a cavern in Kentucky in 1827 called the Cave of Zoroaster, which some believe could be the cave from which Adam and Eve emerged after being evicted from the Garden of Eden by God for having partaken in the, the forbidden fruit. William Morgan returned years later from the hollow earth and gave the manuscript of his journey to Johannes Llewellyn uh, Longolin Drury, he has too many names, with his promise to get it published. Johannes later got his friend John Uri Lloyd to publish the manuscript as Edifora in about 1895. The book describes the conditions of the earth within the caverns how gravity gradually decreases as you descend uh, to the central sphere of gravity, which, as you all know, is 700 miles beneath the outer surface in an 800-mile thick shell. First 10 miles is darkness, but below that depth, a phosphorescent glow gives light to you to your further descent. At a depth of only 150 miles, they cross a large underground lake, 6,000 miles long, in a skiff powered by anti-gravity. Along one side of the lake is the beginnings of a volcano that erupts periodically in southern Italy. Morgan's inner earth guide explains how water spilling over a ledge from the lake causes the volcano to erupt as the water spontaneously combusts with pure space elements that the earth was made of such as phosphorus, sodium, potassium, magne magnesium, and sulfur. 
which is what causes lava to form, and the water turned to steam pushes it out to the Earth's surface. Another gentleman named Carl Unger reached uh, the hollow Earth in 1943 after fleeing World War II in the German submarine U-209, captained by Henrik Brada, and wrote a letter back to his friend in Houston, Missouri, um, who was president, I'm just going to pronounce his name, but I'm not going to, last name is Shush, uh, president of the International Society for a Complete Earth from the hollow interior of our Earth. Danny Weiss is now the president of the society because after uh, Shush uh, received the letter from his friend, Carl, he went to live in the hollow earth through a German colony in the Mato Grosso of the Brazilian jungle who had found a cavern that leads to the hollow earth. It's not really clear how you send a letter from inside the hollow earth, but we can just move past that. Uh, if you're familiar with hollow earth, you might be aware of this next guy, Admiral Richard Byrd. He flew his airplane into our hollow earth for the first time through the North Polar opening in 1927, and then again through both polar openings in 1929. Then as part of Operation High Jump, he flew halfway through the South Polar opening in 1946, and then in 1947 he flew all the way into our hollow earth looking for Germans from World War II. In this last flight, he and his Operations High Jump Armada was repulsed by the flying saucers of the hollow earth because Bird fired upon their saucer craft, according to author John B. Leith in his book Genesis for the Space Race, The Inner Earth and the Extraterrestrials. Now we meet Reinhold Schmidt, as reported in Alec McMillan's book, that famous book, The Hollow Earth Enigma, brackets Mysteries of the Universe. He was taken by a flying saucer from a Bakersfield quarry in California to the hollow earth through the North Polar opening on August 14, 1958, and was returned five days later. Then retired Colonel Billy F. Woodward was taken in a flying saucer to our hollow earth through the North Polar openings at age 12 in 1964 and returned six months later. Later, while working at Area 51 in Nevada, he was taken back to the hollow earth four separate times on special missions for the military via a hollow earth tunnel train after Area 51 workers broke into their tunnel uh, beneath the, the base at Area 51. Then there is Dr. Hank Craftsman, Los Angeles attorney. He was taken by Carl Kopavi Waltz uh, of the Waltz clan of the Hopi Nation through an entrance to the hollow earth in 1961 near the Grand Canyon in Arizona. Uh, then we have Phoebe Marie Holmes in her book, My Visit to the Sun, relates how she was taken by two angels to the hollow interior of her outer sun to visit her mansion in the new Jerusalem being built. Uh, of course, being built there for us by Jesus and all the prophets and saints. After the Earth's resurrection into a celestial world, after the year 3020, the new Jerusalem will be brought from the sun and will take the place of our inner sun to be the home of all those worthy of becoming celestial beings. Then, like I mentioned earlier, the lost Viking colonies of Greenland, they migrated to the hollow earth through the North Polar opening, um, as related to Lieutenant Green by the uh, Greenland natives. Then we have Commander Valiant Thor. If you're familiar with him in your alien research, he was head of the Council of Twelve of the hollow interior world of Venus and commander of the Venice. Venusian spaceship seven miles long, three miles tall, told Dr. Frank Stranges that all the planets, including the Earth, are hollow, inhabited within, and maybe someday we'll eventually cover Valiant Thor. This next one was odd. A patient of chiropractor Dr. Nephi Livesey Cottom of Los Angeles, originally from Salt Lake City, Utah, visited the north countries of the hollow Earth through the North Polar opening with his friend in a sailboat that also had an engine as related in Michael X. Barton's book, Rainbow City and the Inner Earth People. I don't know why the individual was described by his chiropractor. I wouldn't describe myself as a patient of Dr. Andrew, who has a podcast. That would make no sense. And also Dr. Andrew would probably not want to be associated with the show, and I respect that. There were the lost Soviet flyers on a flight across the Arctic from Moscow to Fairbanks, Alaska. In 1937, they accidentally flew through the North Polar opening into our hollow earth and never returned. 
I don't know how it was confirmed that they flew into the Earth since they never returned. And how do you accidentally fly into a hole in the ground? Again, trying to refrain from asking too many questions here. So what is, the, what is and was the purpose of this site? I mean, it's still there in all of its glory. Back in the late 90s, I mentioned they were organizing a trip to the northern polar opening, the one I attempted to sign up for and failed. Now, for various totally legit reasons like plane crashes and other assorted deaths of financial backers throughout the years, trips were canceled, but there is one scheduled for summer 2021. Fingers crossed that this one isn't canceled as well. And if it isn't canceled and you aren't able to make the trip, for the low price of $49, you will receive the exclusive expedition videos, live webinars, and a live stream of the expedition. Now, I peeked at the expedition itinerary over at npiee.com. And that, of course, stands for North Pole Inner Earth Expedition. And it's a lot. Here are some highlights from the 15-day adventure of a lifetime. Day one, transfer people and equipment from New York and London to Moscow. Day two, tour Moscow, assigned rooms, into class and laboratory schedules. Day three, depart for Finland, rules and guidelines, set up satellite uplinks, begin heart math training. What is heart math? If you don't know, and I have to explain it to you, heart math changes your heart rhythm pattern to create physiological coherence a scientifically measurable state characterized by increased order and harmony in our mind, emotions, and body. That's just day three. Day four, arrive in Finland, go on a tour. Day five, begin classes in marine biology, polar astronomy, hollow earth history. Of course, continue heart math, <clears throat> sorry, heart math training. Begin nightly concerts with expedition composer, uh, issue parkas and supplies. So we're getting parkas now, so shit is getting real. Day six, breaking ice. More marine biology classes, polar marine life sampling, seawater sampling, magnetic measurements. Calibrate the gyroscope for earth curvature measurement. Continue Aurora Borealis project. Uh, begin human consciousness classes and measurements. Day seven, keep breaking that ice. Now, helicopter excursions to determine best path ahead and more classes and stuff. <sighs> We're not there yet. Day eight, arrive at the magnetic North Pole, search for oceanic depression, break more ice, more helicopter rides, more classes, continued human consciousness classes and measurements. Day nine, more classes, take more samples and mapping for possible planetary opening. Now, they wrote possible planetary opening. This whole thing is selling you on there being two planetary openings, one at the North Pole, South Pole, not counting the cave systems. Day 10. Use completed human consciousness training to attract inner Earth presence. 24-hour observation for inner Earth contact. Obtain seafloor core samples. Complete mapping of oceanic depression. Begin return to Murmansk, Russia. So we're not going into the earth and there's still five more days of this trip left. Day 11, still en route to Murmansk, if that's how you pronounce it in Russia. It's a port city, I guess, in Russia. Debriefing and interviews for human consciousness study. Day 12, still headed to Murmansk, still doing interviews for human consciousness. Day 13, arrive in Murmansk. Debriefing, file closing, prepare for departure. Day 14, Return to Moscow and farewell dinner. Day 15, arrive home and work begins on file transfers and post-production for the documentaries. So, at first this seemed like a real Jules Verne adventure. Getting on an icebreaker, leaving Russia. But they're not going in the earth. I mean, I know they're not going in the earth, but even... I, would, I was expecting them to, to talk about going into the, going into the earth. It just seems like a lot of sample collecting and some woo-woo exercises. So if this can keeps getting kicked down the road and there's no voyage, what else can you do on ourhollowearth.com? 
Well, you can buy the book uh, written by Rodney Clough, the man behind the site. That book is titled, of course, World Top Secret, Our Earth is Hollow. You can download the Kindle version for $6.72 or splurge on the paperback for $86.13 on Amazon. Now, Rodney was born and raised in the American colony of Colonia Juarez in northern Mexico. He became interested in hollow earth theory at age 16 while working on a New, New Mexico farm where the farm manager told the workers of the theory. Now, the website says that our planet is a prison planet, not Alex, Alex Jones' prison planet, a different one. And we were placed here for something that our ancestors did. Of course, they mean Adam and Eve, who broke a commandment given to them by the Creator, don't partake of the forbidden fruit. The punishment for breaking the commandment was that it would cause them to become mortal beings and also change their bodies so they could have children, us. And they were expelled from his presence from their home in the Garden of Eden to our surface world. And we as their descendants are all living out a prison sentence on this prison planet we call Earth. We are living a life of probation, as scriptures say, to see if we are willing to obey the Creator's commandments so we can go back to live in our Creator's presence. The good news, if you're buying any of this, is that our prison sentence is almost up. The Flying Saucer people came to say that they have a project called Project Milana. They told, uh, they told us that our prison sentence on this planet is about up. They estimate about the year 2035, when the Earth will be hit by a devastating solar flare, solar flare seven years after sounding of the seven trumpets of the Book of Revelation. If we count one year for each of the seven trumpets to sound of Revelation 8, 9, and 10, then Ezekiel uh, 39, 9 says the Israelis will take another seven years to burn all of the destroyed army tanks and weaponry of the Battle of Armageddon. Then the flying saucer people say that they're coming to take us back home. That is, those of us that deserve to be taken back home, which I doubt would include murderers, liars, thieves, adulterers, warmongers, uh, in short, all who insist on breaking the Creator's laws. It's from a guy named Larry. The Flying Saucer people can allegedly requisition enough spacecraft to evacuate the surface of the planet in one week and take us home. Our original home was the Garden of Eden. They say they come from the center of the universe, where there are two planets that share the same atmosphere, which is a concealed way of saying they're really from the center of Earth. The hollow earth since we share our atmosphere with them through the polar openings they told this larry guy that they live lives we would consider heaven deuteronomy 34 chapter 30 verse 4 calleth the land of our hollow earth the outmost parts of heaven where the lost tribes of israel were driven to the prophet was isaiah wrote that in the last days god would set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The four corners of the earth is the Garden of Eden, where outflows four rivers of the four cardinal points on the compass. The Flying Saucer people said that their capital city is on the southern hemisphere. <clears throat> In fact, it is located 800 miles beneath Jackson County, Missouri. Yep, their capital city is the city of Eden, built next to the original Garden of Eden, where Olaf Jensen found it in 1830 when he sailed there with his father, beyond the north wind, through the north polar opening into the interior of our hollow earth, where the chosen people live. They explained to Olaf that the garden he was taken to inside our hollow earth was none other than the navel of the earth and the cradle of the human race, and is called Eden. It is located on one of the highest mountain plateaus of the intercontinent on their southern hemisphere, and since the directions of the compass are reverse of what they are on our surface world, our south pole is their north pole. And then their southern hemisphere is beneath our northern hemisphere, and their capital city, of course, is beneath North America. OurHollowEarth.com also created a virtual city of light. Now, what would a virtual city of light be like? Well, it's a place where we can work together in harmony, where prosperity can be achieved for all, where personal integrity is the rule we live by, 
where maximum individual achievement can be realized, where advanced technologies can be developed, where families can flourish in happiness together, and where abundance exists for all. It only exists online for now, but once it's running efficiently enough, it will be created in the physical world. From there, it will expand to outer space and other worlds. And if you want to become a citizen, here's how you can. Abide by the laws of the Virtual City of Light. Pay a voluntary income tax to the Virtual City of Light on 10% of your gross salaried income and 10% on the net of your business income. Your voluntary income tax payment will give you voting status in the Virtual City of Light. Receive from the Virtual City of Light a receipt for taxes paid in the new form of money issued by the Virtual City of Light called Lights in the same amount as your taxes paid. This will more than double your income in every 10-year period. Sounds pretty sweet. Accept payment in the currency Virtual City of Light for taxes paid and products and services you sell to citizens of Virtual City of Light. Uh, post to the Virtual City of Light website ads of products and services you provide for other citizens to purchase. By building our Virtual City of Light economy, we can help each other provide for all of our needs and wants in a stable economy. Vote for city officials. Vote on expenditure cities. Officials put forth on expenditure proposals for approval and disapproval of the citizens. All virtual City of Light expenditures will be upon majority vote approval of virtual City of Light citizens. Now the virtual City of Light will be owned 100% by its own citizens, debt-free. None of this will cost you anything but your participation because the receipts for your taxes paid will be in the form of our new money and the same amount as taxes paid, which you can spend on products and services provided by other citizens of the Virtual City of Light. As money comes into Virtual City of Light Treasury, land will be selected to build our city. Grants will be given to start businesses and build homes for our citizens, debt-free and interest-free, of course. All Virtual City of Light currency will be asset-based and will belong to citizens of Virtual Light, sorry, Virtual City of Light, monitored by Virtual City of Light with serial numbers for each denomination issued and registered in each owner's account. Since taxes paid to the Virtual City of Light are voluntary, they are non-refundable, but you are guaranteed to receive the receipt requested for taxes paid. Receipts for taxes paid are given to you of your choice. Gold, silver, copper pieces, uh, paper currency lights, or electronic currency lights. As soon as your tax donation reaches the amount of the receipt requested, it will be shipped to you. These people are going to ship you gold, silver, copper, paper lights, electronic lights. Perfect. The City of Lights will be in circular shape, follow a 24-hour day, of course but it will be scheduled very specifically. First four hours, education. The second set of four hours, work. The third four-hour window will be recreation and exercise. And the fourth block of four hours will be personal time. And the fifth and sixth blocks of four hours will be for sleep. The work week will be four days on, three days off. There will be six groups of schedules, so there's always people working. And each one of those six groups will have a different Sabbath or day of rest. There are bold claims when it comes to education in the City of Light. And this is from their website. In the time schedule, education is provided for four hours a day, four days a week. Lifelong education is provided to improve efficiency of work, satisfaction of progress. Educational methods will use classroom instruction, CDs, internet, and teleconferences by professionals that work in each field of endeavor. Education will be work-related to improve work efficiency, personal improvement instruction to improve behavior, religious instruction, and hobby-related instruction will give a well-rounded, foundational, and continuing education. And, as we all know, education begins at birth, and they say, as researched extensively at the Institutes for the Achievement of Human Potentials, oh boy, Babies are fully capable of learning to read, do math, and acquire encyclopedic knowledge before most children today even attend kindergarten. 
They have concluded that mothers are the best teachers of their children, and the City of Light mothers will be given complete educational materials and instruction on how to teach their babies from birth. This will give these children the potential of completing a college education by the time youth of today complete high school. I can't get over the babies doing math and reading, though. Anyway, if you're still listening, you might be asking, how's government going to work in this magical city of light? Here you go. The government of the city of light will be based on self-government with coordinated cooperation by contract. Disputes of contract will be mutually selected arbitration. The city charter will provide for the layout of the city, the time schedule, form of government, elections, economy, and laws. The virtual city of light will be organized as a non-profit corporation, but the city of light will be a for-profit corporation. So the virtual, non-profit, physical, for-profit. And the physical city of light will have representative forms of government. City of light will be laid out with 10 family lots to, uh, to a block. Represent, representation will be by family lot. Each block of family lots will elect a leader. And each 10 blocks will elect a councilman to sit in on the city council. And the city council will elect the city manager, the security chief, and representatives will serve for life or are voted out of uh, office by recall petition or until they want to resign or retire. Councilmen, the city manager, and staff will be full-time paid positions. Only veto-proof citizen resolutions can amend the city charter. And how would the economy work? Well, the monetary system of the City of Light will be based on asset-based receipt monetary system with no debt. All money will be owned by its possessors, not the bank. The Bank of the City of Light will provide checking, saving, and investment accounts with debit cards, but not credit cards. The city and industries will be owned by its citizens through stock distribution. Citizens will choose their home lot, but by city charter. All, all lots will be the same size, big enough for a large family, but restricted by charter and use, such as its use cannot be changed to be a factory, for example, or sold to non-citizens. The industry, a base specialized, sorry, a base spe specialization is industry, that words are hard, could be the building of gravity-powered electric generators and flying saucer craft that could double as mobile homes. That's their industry. Uh, additionally, all kinds of factories will provide much of the city's needs for maximum self-sufficiency, uh, such as clothing, utensils, appliances, paper, computers, robots, tools, furniture, etc. Any products not used by the city can be exported to bring income to the city inhabitants. And they have the water supply all worked out. The water supply of the City of Light will be decentralized as possible. Drinking water could be solar distilled that purifies the water with a delicious taste. I would wish them luck on their physical realization, but it doesn't sound like they need it. I mean, you give them real money, which you won't even need in the future, and they give you their lights currency. And that's the currency that you need in the future. It's a lot to take in. Uh, so this, although, is somehow relevant to the Hollow Earth because it's on their website, ourhollowearth.com. We've gotten a little off track with this uh, society building tangent that I just went on. Um, but I think that it would surely end up with malnourished people in a compound being forced to drink poisonous flavor at gunpoint uh, at some point. So let's leave ourhollowearth.com just for a minute. Let's jump into the old Wikipedia machine and go way back to 1869. We're going to check in on a cool dude who made a shocking discovery. Now in the fall of 1869, Cyrus Teed was performing unconventional experiments with excessive levels of electricity when he passed out from being shocked so badly. Now don't feel bad for him because when he regained consciousness, he had an unbelievable realization. He fried his brain so badly, he believed he was the Messiah, and he was set out to redeem humanity with his weird science. He also changed his name to Koresh, before it was cool. Teed, sorry, Koresh, quickly refuted the silly idea that the Earth revolved around the sun, and pioneered his own theory of the universe, 
known as cellular cosmogony. And according to this theory, human beings live on the inside of the planet, not the outside. Also, the sun is a giant battery-operated contraption, and the stars, they're just mere refractions of its light. That means today, you and I, we're not looking out into the universe when we look up in the sky. We're actually looking in towards the center of our planet. Did I just blow your mind? He created a belief system called Korishanity, which is actually, it's a pretty good name. And he preached cellular cosmogony, alchemy, reincarnation, Im immortality, celibacy, communism, and a few other rad things throughout the 1870s. And of course, he started a few communes around the U.S., but eventually everything was moved to Estero, Florida, which was to become the New Jerusalem. The Korishans, Korishans? Anyway, they built extensively, establishing a bakery, a general store, concrete works, power plant, and the World College of Life uh, in their community. They also published their newspaper uh, from the, the town called the Flaming Sword. The golden age of the Khorasan unity in Estero was from 1903 to 1908, when they had over 250 residents, and they incorporated the town. Uh, the territory embraced 110 square miles, the fifth largest area of any city in the United States at that time. That's pretty impressive. They did try to run several candidates for uh, county government, against the local Democratic Party, but were never successful. Now, October 13th, 1906, while meeting the Atlantic Coast Line train from Baltimore, a group of Khorasans got into a fight in front of R.W. Gillum's uh, grocery store in Fort Myers. Koresh tried to break it up, and he was severely beaten by a Marshal Sanchez. He suffered injuries from which he never recovered, and died December 22nd, 1908, a little over two months later from the beating. Koresh's followers initially expected his resurrection, of course, uh, after which he and his faithful would be taken up to heaven, as he predicted in his book, The Immortal Manhood, great book title. They kept a constant vigil over his body for two days, after which time it began to show signs of decay. Following Christmas, the county health officer stepped in to order his burial. After his death, the group went into decline. Fun fact, 1921, a hurricane destroyed his tomb on the southern end of Estero Island and washed his coffin out to sea. The last remaining follower was Hedwig Michel. He deeded the colony to the state of Florida in 1961, and it is now the Khorasan State Historic Site. Koresh's son, Cyrus, oh, I'm sorry, Koresh's son, Douglas Arthur Teed, was an American Impressionist painter, but not a follower of his father's teachings. Now, Koresh's theory doesn't fit with our hollowearth.com, but it was about a hollow earth theory. I think that was a fun goddamn story. It is worth mentioning that Koresh made his garbage claims five years after Jules Verne's Journey to the Center of the Earth was published, so... Maybe he was inspired by that. I also learned in my Google travels that the hollow earth theory was first proposed by Edmund Haley of Haley's Comet fame in the 17th century. He believed the earth consisted of several concentric shells separated by individual atmospheres with the outermost layer having a thickness of about 500 miles. Haley believed natural phenomena like the Aurora Borealis and magnetic field variants were products of these multiple layers, which he said moved independently of each other. More than a century later, Haley's theory was expounded on by John Cleves Symes, who published a paper detailing his intent to travel to the Earth's interior. Symes devoted the rest of his life garnering support for a hollow Earth expedition, but fell sick during a trip to Quebec to give a lecture on his theory. Though he died before his journey ever came to fruition, his ambition inspired Arctic exploration and the first trip to Antarctica in 1838. Now, in preparing for this episode, I thought I would reach out to a few people on Instagram. 
people, corporations, what have you. So here is what I sent to them by way of direct message. Like too many people, I have a podcast. In researching for my next show, I thought I would reach out and ask, is the earth hollow? If it is, what do you suppose is in there? I have yet to receive a response from the following. Netflix, Subway, Olive Garden, UFC, Home Depot, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Arby's, Burger King, Eddie Bravo, NASA, Corn Nuts, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Catholic Bishops Conference of England and Wales, Mormon Sex Info, John Deere, Red Lobster, Circle K, Shudder, and last, Atari. As of now, there's been no responses. I sent those a while ago. And I guess, why open your DMs if you're not going to answer these important questions? Or maybe they can't let us onto the truth because they're part of the conspiracy. Anyway, let's wrap up this turkey and get out of here. I say all of these people who say the earth is flat, round, or hollow are wrong. It's shaped like a dinosaur, and you can go to dinosaurearthsociety.com or on Instagram and Twitter. You can find them at Dinosaur Earth and become enlightened. And I encourage you to check that out. Until next time, think hard about those Tulpa lights in the St. John Harbor. Mark your calendars for summer 2021 for the next Hollow Earth expedition. And give us a follow on Instagram at thisispo2. And I have a treat for you all before I go. We are going to end on What They Do by Miles Davis. I've been listening to this album for like a week and a half now, nonstop. So I've been listening to the complete On the Corner Sessions album. The more common album is just On the Corner Sessions. But if you find the complete somewhere, uh, it has like 31 tracks, and it is insane. Um, and it's crazy to think that people didn't like this album when it came out. So uh, this one is called What They Do. Thank you for listening, and until next time, if you don't know, now you know.